the term robot has a little bit of a dystopian kind of feel to it, right? The term that's being used right now, on, particularly on the service robotics side, are cobots. They are 100% dependent on and meant to serve for the human. They're a force multiplier, right? That's it. They're not reasoning. They're not doing what really only humans can do right now, right? Even AI and all that machine learning isn't reasoning. It's just statistically coming up with the most likely right answer. All right, so we're here with Richard Haig, entrepreneur organization. He is the founder of Haig Services and CobotService.us. Richard, what's up? That's correct. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Richard, why don't you tell us real briefly, what do you do? What does your company do? We automate buildings. So we put in fire and life safety systems, fire alarms and high rises, commercial buildings, security, access control, video. And then we uh, integrate in um, service robotics, things like uh particularly right now, cleaning robots, um, commercial grade, commercial size cleaning robots uh, that will vacuum floors, uh, scrub floors, tray delivery robots, delivering food, packages, parts, whatever, uh, in hotels, schools. So not, not your average Roomba? No, 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 no. In fact, very different from that. But yeah, one, because of the size and the scale of what it needs to do. Think... Uh, Think fairways on a golf course, right? Um, so large hallways, large banquet rooms, hallways down uh, an office building, hallways down a, a, a hotel, um, you know, floor or something like that. Not specifically in the uh, little spaces, you know, where where humans are still necessary and are doing their part there. So how big are these robots? What do they look like? Are we talking about like human lifelike type Boston robotic type robots? Are we talking C-3PO? What kind of, what do these robots look like? No, they, they, they look like little RTD2s probably is a better, better analogy if you're going to go the Star Wars, Star Wars thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's more like an R2-D2. They're, they're, they're small, uh, generally two to four feet high, uh, and um, you know, circular base, wheels rolling along. Right, so in their servicing, doing you know cleaning. You you mentioned like delivering food trays, yep. Uh, yep. warehouse. I know Amazon is using a lot of robotics in their warehouses. Is that am I getting the gist here? Yeah, yeah. But warehousing, you're getting a lot of robotics going in uh, that are that are mobile, right? Uh, and particularly because it less less people being present in some of these robots because of headcount, you know, uh, shortages and so on. Uh, they're they're automating these tasks with robotics. Also, from a safety standpoint, from a cleaning standpoint, same thing. Uh, these things are the tray delivery robots will bring uh, trays out to uh, tables, uh, so from the kitchen or uh, dirty dishes from a bus station back to the uh, uh, dishwashing areas and so on. Or in a hotel, they can be integrated in even into the uh, uh, elevator systems and so on. So they'll take from the concierge desk a toothbrush up to the sixth floor and ring the bell at a room. But Richard, what about the servers, the bus boys, the cleaning ladies? I, I, I told you all this was coming. All you YouTube, all these people on YouTube, you know who you are. You're telling me, Mark, they'll never place humans in warehouses. They need the humans. Richard is actually building it out here. So, I mean, I got to say, like, why should these cleaning ladies, these busboys, why don't they need to go, like, learn to code, so to speak? Like, 
isn't this the end of their careers? They're, no. I, I mean, I, not that being a busboy is going to be your career long term, but I mean, still, it gets you off your feet. It might be your career long term. You never know, right? And, and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But whatever your career is should also be a career that's a livable wage, right? And, and one that, from an employer standpoint or from an organization standpoint, one that can be filled. How many times are you going into restaurants now? How many times are you going into hotels and you can't get somebody to answer the phone? You can't get somebody to wait at the table or tables are empty because they simply don't have enough servers employed. Sure. Uh, and, and so where we're going into facilities now, uh, in it, whether it be a public agency like a school or a municipality or a private business like a warehouse or uh, uh, you know an office building, um, management companies, cleaning companies, even unions are 20 to 30% down on headcount. Look, nobody's patting themselves on the backside, uh, their kid on the backside and saying, hey, study hard, Johnny, and someday you're going to be an alarm guy or someday you're going to go into that. We all kind of fail into these businesses. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, but the unions can't be happy about robotics taking over the jobs of humans. We're, you know, le we're leveling up those job positions, though. Now, now those union guys that are simply there working and fighting for a higher hourly wage are, are worth more. These robotics are force multipliers, all right? So one person in a, in a multi-floor office building that prior would spend six hours spot vacuuming or, or trying to vacuum a hallway and then go to the next floor and then the next floor. So therefore, in a shift, they could only do a couple of floors. One person could deploy a programmed robot on all seven floors and be responsible for just receiving the error messages when it gets stuck or whatever and focus on the reasoning tasks, the things like corners, things like seeing something out of place and needed to be put back or cleaned differently, the stuff that requires human reason. So now they're more valuable because they're not just doing uh, a robotic and uh, repetitive task. Sure, but get it. <clears throat> totally get it, especially as someone who's all about building business, capitalist, like we want to make money, we want to be more efficient. The challenge I see here is, you know, you probably had a cleaning staff of, let's say, a dozen people to handle all that workload. Now you need one, maybe two people, and they've got your fleet of robots, right? So mm -hmm. what are the other people doing? How are, how are you helping manage that shift into this new technological world? Well, in most cases, like the building uh, and the and the union cleaning company that we're working with in Boston right now. Um, they're going into buildings where there were 10 or 12, 20 people on staff pre-COVID and post-COVID as um, uh, occupancy has been going up again, people going back to offices more, they've slowly been getting the authorizations from the building owners and property management companies to bring back, okay, we're occupying this floor with this many people. You can bring back two more people and two more people and two more people. And there aren't the people to bring back for one, okay? Mm. So where they might have had 10 or 12 or 15 people before, even from the union hall, they're going back and saying, we've only got six. Sure. All right. And so this allows them to still staff. Um, and because the labor is inflationary, these people that are coming back are needing more money and, and deserving more money. They're being leveled up in salaries, right? So as those salaries go up, they can be paid more because now they can, as with these force multipliers of service robotics and technology and data, they can be 
value, more valuable. Well, it makes sense. You know, all the people that were riding horses and horse and buggying it when the car came, the automobile, they're like, oh no, our jobs are gone. But there's a lot of mechanics now. Yes. There's a lot of mechanics. How much work do these robots take to keep up and running and vacuuming and cleaning and bussing? How much, how much upkeep is required? Some of that's yet to be seen because they're so new, right? Sure. Kind of like the Tesla, how long does the battery last thing, right? We don't know. They haven't worn out yet, right? Right. But uh, there is, there is a, 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 a real component to the deployment and support and standing up of a national footprint of, of service uh, technicians for that. That's where our company comes in. We're par actually partnered with SoftBank Robotics America, and um, they are the gateway, if you will, the funnel for these um, robotics coming into the country. They stand them up on their U.S.-based cloud and data uh, backbone, so the data stays here. Okay. Right? And they uh, vet the different robotics because tons of companies, tons of little robotics, everybody gets a new field, so it's everything's new gadgets. They vet it all in, bring it in, make sure that it's a scalable product. They bring it in. They deploy it on our national backbone under our Cobot, Cobot Services U.S. brand. And we put the national footprint of technicians that we have who also now have been leveled up because now they're technology deployment people, right? Uh, and and we, we put them out there as a service. We're actually putting them out there. We're not selling the hardware and saying, good luck, call us when, when your warranty is over. We're putting them out there. We're programming them for the end users. We're working with the cleaning people, the property management people, the company owners so that they understand what the data that's coming out of these and the reports that are coming out of these as far as how many hours are being used, how many square feet are being cleaned, wow. and, and in what period of time, and seeing that data so that they can go back to the property management companies and say that this isn't just being spot vacuumed. This is why you're seeing it look better, or this is actually being done. It's on a, on a positive side, it's accountability. On a, on a more uh, negative side, it's plausible deniability. Nobody can say it wasn't being cleaned, it wasn't being done, which in today's day and age, it's less so than at the height of COVID, but it's still an important thing. People want to know that things are being cleaned and you know more so than they did pre-COVID. I, lo I love the data. That's a, that's a big one for me, being able to show, okay, this is how many square feet we're being cleaned. I'm not, you know, I'm wondering, you know, are, are human beings ready for this? Cause I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, <laughs> I think it's so fascinating. I think it's amazing, but I wonder if people are here for it. You know, just two years ago, the NYPD had this Boston dynamic robot dog called spot. People were terrified. They were freaked out. They weren't ready for this black mirror police officer roaming the streets. They said, we got to send it back to the kennel, but it's back. It's back now to go on bomb diffusing mess missions right. and going to really dangerous areas. Do you think that something needs to happen on an education level so that this type of technology can be used at scale so that, you know, my, my six-year-old mom, hi mom, will be like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with this robot coming in and cleaning my room and cleaning the halls. Like, is there anything yeah. that needs to happen for that to? Yeah, to yeah, absolutely. And, and remember that like, those those robots, right? Or the term robot has a little bit of a dystopian kind of feel to it, right? 
the term that's being used right now on particularly on the service robotics side are cobots they are 100% dependent on and meant to serve for the human they're a force multiplier right that's it they're not reasoning they're not doing what really only humans can do right now right even ai and all that machine learning isn't reasoning it's just statistically coming up with the most likely right answer right, right. so right. so humans can reason that's our value and that's how we become most valuable so the more we can leverage the technology and the robotics to do the labor to do the repetitive tasks to do the bulk the more it becomes a force multiplier for the human to apply the reason and show their value yeah and to me, if I'm feeling more valuable, I'm also feeling better about myself. Right. So to answer your right. question in a long way, yes, it, there is an awareness that has to happen. And in 2020, um, the president of SoftBank Robotics America, Brady Watkins and I got together and we started talking and we've been talking pretty much on a weekly basis since and, and still do. And beating our head against a wall as to what stage is the U.S. in particular. We are somewhat of an island unto ourselves in the world. You go anywhere else in the world, particularly Asia, and, and robotics are just there, coexisting with humans, period. Part of that is obviously our um, focus, rightfully so, on privacy issues, okay? And, and I'll give them that. that, that that's, that's rightfully so. However, um, they're just they're existing there and utilizing them. So you go there, they're used to it. You come here, they don't exist. It's just not here. So in 2020, our biggest challenge really was, and our biggest discussions were around awareness. How do we make people here aware that this technology exists? Because right. no one was traveling, no one was seeing it, and most people hadn't been exposed to it, right? Uh, in tw middle 2021 into 2022, that kind of shifted because people became aware of it because some of those solutions were being put here, particularly like disinfecting robots and so on, because no one was going to offices. People, you wanted to limit how many people went into any space or were interacting with other people. So robotics became more, uh, people became more aware that technology for that existed, right? So around 2022, the awareness cycle is less the top priority now it's maybe a secondary priority and really what the conversation revolves around with now is recognition of need all right not value not does it exist but recognition of need people know there's a problem i go when we talk to facility managers we talk to building owners we talk to cleaning companies we talk to business owners restaurant owners warehouse companies whatever it is we talk to them and I don't, I, I don't know what, technically what the, the employment numbers are right now. I just know they're awful low. And I know that in my own company, we're 20, 25% down on headcount, needing to double headcount next year. We're already 20% behind the eight ball for next year, right? So it's a problem. We have plenty of people working. What we, what we don't have is the ability to do everything that needs to be done. And so the recognition of need piece is where the conversation really is around now. And if we can make people 
more valuable by employing force multipliers like these robots, again, they are more valuable. They can make the inflationary wages and be paid more and uh, feel better. You know, for the reasons you've mentioned, Richard, I don't see any way around robots, cobots, there you AI go. automation becoming a, a larger part of our life. No doubt. No doubt in my mind that is going to happen. Um, and I also think it's going to create tremendous, tremendous opportunity for all the blue ocean thinkers, the revolutionary, innovative entrepreneurs. I mean, billion, trillion dollar companies are coming very soon. And yes. uh, Rich, I appreciate you hopping on the show here and talking a little bit about what you're doing. Super fascinating stuff. Where's the best place for us to find more about Richard Haig? Uh, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, Richard Haig. You know, uh, at the, uh, our company website, uh, HaigService.com or HaigService.co. Uh, and uh, look up SoftBank Robotics America, too. Cool. That's where a lot of the robotics are there, and Brady's doing fantastic things over there with that. Super fascinating. Guess what? I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to put a link below so you can smash that link, smash that like button. Richard, thanks for coming on the show, bud. Thank you.